Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 124 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Barton and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tick tails and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I would like to go first this time around. Go first. So, I was recently given access, legally, of course, to Disney+. Plus. Legally, right? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. A generous benefactor has shared their information with us. Is that legal? It is. Okay. It's up to X amount of devices, right? And X amount of profiles. That's three, not X. Whatever. X is 10. Oh, we're we're being pedantic here, right? Okay, of course. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, all that to say, uh, after a week with it, I I wouldn't pay for it. Well, no, it it makes no sense for you to pay for it because it's mostly kid stuff. Well, the thing is, like, after watching a couple episodes of Doug... Uh, recess and goof troop in uh, a whole abundance of uh, the Simpsons. I'm fine. Yeah, no, it, it it really is. If it's perfect for like people like me that like Disney and have a family that like Disney also, oh, and, here we go again about your loving family and yeah, yeah. And then get like stuff like the Mandalorian for as, as extra. That's the only incentive for me to watch it. That's a good show. It's a great show. Four um, I'm enjoying right? the memes. And of course, uh, Baby Yoda was designed, of course, uh, you know, by committee, I, I feel. Who? By committee? Who was, who was designed? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Are, are we spoiling this now? No. Uh, if you've been on the internet in the last like three weeks, you know who Baby Yoda is. Okay. Why are you calling me Yoda? Yoda. Oh, I keep hearing Baby Yoda. No. Ba- yes, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. No, Baby Yoda. Yoda. Okay. So you're not liking Disney Plus then? Not, not for you. It's not my demographic, right? If I'd never seen a Marvel movie before, it would be like the best thing on earth. I'd never seen a Star Wars movie before. Oh, yeah. Best thing on earth. Uh, right now, I'm not the target demographic. I know that. I'm fine with that. And I recently found out something that the Star Wars movies on there are like the first versions of 4K for the original trilogy. Oh, really? It's the first yeah. instance. I mean, like most of us don't even stream in 4K, right? No, but you can if you want to. Uh, I do. How not weird. Have a We're going to be talking TV. about 4K later. So uh, something to keep in mind. Oh, interesting. 4K. Speaking of Marvel movies, though, I sent you an article from CNET all about how Marvel is censoring films from China, and you probably didn't even notice it. I heard about this recently because of all the stuff with Apple and Tim Cook and the president talking about the factory and all that stuff. And The new China, factory. What's that? The new factory. The new factory that uh, is so new that my four-year-old computer was built there. John Titor? That, that's part of the problem, right? They, they kept saying it was new, and it's not new. Uh, it's been around a while. They were building Mac Pros there and uh, I guess some built-to-order iMacs because I don't have a Mac Pro. I have an iMac and it was uh, made in uh, the United States. Assembled. Assembled, yes. I mean, the thing is that we've seen a trend of, uh, and I was aware of some of this because the fact that I do tend to read a lot of like um, like movie trade websites, um, things like, for example, like Asian-specific market um, scenes being included, right? Um, in one of the Iron Man movies, I knew about that, but the surgeon saving Tony Stark's like life. That was not in the North American version, though, right? No. Okay. But the thing is, as we, as we, uh, and I mean, like, uh, we as in, like, North American production companies, not me specifically, um, <laughs> continue to take uh, money and, uh, you know, uh, uh, producers from um, Asian markets, and they ask for, you know, a little bit of Asian content, localized content. It makes sense. Well, it does make sense. It's just, uh, it's when they start censoring things that it becomes a problem. Uh, arts and commerce intersecting. It's all about the almighty dollar, or uh, what's the currency in China? It is the the yuan, right? Yuan, okay. Yes, the Chinese yuan. Okay. Um, it is. And I, I found this article sort of illuminating to someone who uh, didn't necessarily know these things, right? So, like, you probably went in not knowing a ton about this. Also, the interesting thing, of course, about the, the Doctor Strange movie, the uh, formerly Tibetan monk. I actually knew some of this stuff, Brian. Don't sell me short. 
No, no, I know. I'm just saying uh, we've uh, we've identified things, right? Like you are a man who enjoys magic tricks. I am someone who enjoys is a cinephile. Is a cinephile, you idiot. Oh, here we go again. And you like LARPing. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, definitely something I do every Sunday. Uh, catch me over on Instagram, uh, you know, shooting live. That's why your wedding was where it was. You were LARPing in that forest there. Yeah, we, we, we built cannons. Yep, very fun. Anyways, all that to say, it's very interesting the way that, you know, the, the global economy as we talk about is, is sort of shifting yet again, right? Um, as, uh, oh, I hate saying Eastern and Western influence because like it presumes a static version of a world map, but as, uh, um, uh, international, uh, uh, investors, uh, continue to help fund a lot of the larger ticket, um, North American productions will tend to see a lot more of this inclusion exclusion, right? Because China is a very tricky territory to get into in terms of like, uh, you know, allowing cinema, what censors cut and don't cut and things like that. I didn't know that they actually only let 34 films in every year. From, yeah, uh, and I think it bodies. used to be 30, actually. Like, I think they capped 30. They had to make room for all the Marvel movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that a lot of the blockbusters there, um, uh, and you know, they, they do quite well there, right? A lot of the times it can be anywhere from like 30 to 60 almost percent of the worldwide take. Well, because there's so many people there. Yes, so while most of the Marvel movies squeak in, right, some of them uh, on the Fox side of things uh, don't make it in. Like, for example, uh, 2016's Deadpool, right? Like, no matter how much apparently they were cutting it, there's no way that this film was making it into there. Yeah, that's a, and that's because of the violence in it, correct? Yes, there was just simply too much violence, not enough story, so there's not much to do um, unless you reshoot the entire thing, right? Did you like that movie? I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. I enjoyed that in the sequel, but I'm not, you know, I'm like one, not like one of those edgelords who loves Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds really seems to love playing that role, though, considering it, that he he brought it back from the dead, no pun intended, from that horrible uh, Wolverine movie. <laughs> uh, the one where he didn't talk at all. Yeah, the, which, which is the strangest the thing, right? Of Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, Deadpool is the, the merc with the mouth, right? And then suddenly you take out the mouth and all you got is just a dude running around with webbing on his face. Sometimes you wonder what people are thinking when they're creating these movies. I don't know. I mean, that could be a whole podcast we can get into. Maybe we will at one point, but um, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. All that to say, um, as emerging markets uh, become more and more dominant on the world stage in terms of like box office interest and, you know, box office pull, um, we'll see more and more of these. Um, I, I want, should we call it like a concession? Yeah. Concession's a good word. Okay. Let's go with that then. Concession stand at the movies. Uh, popcorn for life. Let us move from the cinema house to your own home, Angelo. Yeah, don't buy any cameras for your house. Surprise. Specifically uh, a ring camera. Yeah, so I linked you to a recent Gizmodo article all about how you should not be buying a ring camera. And, you know, because, and we've talked about this before on the podcast about all of these um um, particularly about ring, right? So, uh, one of the stories we covered a while back is the idea that the, uh, ring doorbell, um, is being partly funded, um, by police funds, right? So the idea is that the police want you to install these ring doorbells, but then, um, through, uh, your partnership with your local PD, they also get access to your footage. Yeah. And they can kind of pinpoint people based on these cameras. Funny enough, uh, Google's on like the good side of this stuff here because, but only barely. Yeah, you. They recommend Nest versus uh, the um, Ring camera, which is basically Google versus Amazon, and it makes me worried because uh, when I need a new router, it's going to be the Eero, which is owned by Amazon, and I don't know if that's going to be good to get. Amazon's a, a funny company because uh, we like using it. Well, I don't know about you. I know you hate them, right? 
I strongly dislike them, yes. Yeah. Uh, I use them because they're so easy to use, which I guess is part of the problem. But I am... Um, that's how they get you, right? Honey versus vinegar? Well, so funny enough, Tyler, uh, previous co-host of this podcast when you were away, sent me a link to a TV he was going to buy, and it was an Amazon link. And since then, Amazon is convinced I really want a new TV. So much so that the other night, I get a notification on my watch. I look, it's a notification from the Amazon app saying... We'd like you to have a new TV. It made it sound like I had won a new TV, but I didn't win a new TV. They were just giving links to go look at and buy a TV of some kind. Did you hit any of them? No, because I don't need a new TV. My 13-year-old Samsung is going strong. Angela, let's put this out into the world. Uh, No thank you, Amazon. No new TVs. No, no, no new TVs. To the tune of Drake's no new friends. My my worry is, though, that I've mentioned this to a few people, and now my TV is going to break. Just imagine your TV starts talking about Amazon now. Yeah, no, that it's not a smart TV. I wish I could buy a dumb TV, but now they're all smart. I know, I wish I had an old CRT, which we'll also talk about later. Interesting how these uh, kind of lines intersect. I, um, I don't want an old CRT. Like, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> something that I wanted to talk about, too, as part of the Gizmo article, is the fact that Ring also released an app called Neighbors, which is kind of like Citizen or Nextdoor, and the idea is that you report local disturbances, right? Yeah, and uh, it turns everybody into a racist. Yes, as we previously discussed on yeah, it's, it's, it's really horrible. It brings out the worst in people, to be quite honest. Yeah, I agree. Also, uh, using the Ring Mac also automatically rolls you in neighbors, and there's no way to opt out of that. So good luck with that, guys. Yeah, uh, so uh, tip of the day, don't buy a Ring camera. I mean, the thing, and, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, is that I've sort of given up on certain facets of my digital life. I understand that, like, it is useless to resist, but I resist where I can, right? So the idea of having a ring doorbell does not seem appeasing to me at all. No, I I mean, nobody really rings my doorbell that often anyway. So, Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you had, a, you had a man deliver a package, sign up for you. If you had the ring doorbell, you could have seen it was him. Double density. I kind of very quickly wanted to talk about holiday gifts, if that's okay with you. Please. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, I go over to my parents' place and my dad pulls me aside and he says, I need your help with your mom's present. So I say, okay. Angelo, my, uh, mom wants night vision goggles for Christmas. <laughs> That's not what it all is. I was expecting to hear. So basically the situation is their backyard, uh, then gives out into an alleyway, which then gives out into a, a largest park, right? And there are a lot of uh, teens doing things like graffiti and smoking marijuana and apparently uh, my mother wanted to better see what they're up to. Is she going to get, maybe a night vision scope would be better. So either or doesn't really work because of the fact that uh, night vision uh, goggles don't work uh, if you uh, are behind glass. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the way that there's like, uh, like the way that light ref- reflects or refracts, right? So, so she'll have to open the window. So uh, I explained this to my father, who uh, then understood quickly that his his wife would not be getting night vision goggles because, yeah, she'd have to make herself known to these, uh, you know, teenage miscreants. They got to be expensive, though. They're a couple hundred bucks. I was yeah. uh, I was looking around, and uh, I told my dad this when I was talking to him. I was like, "Why don't you just also install floodlights? Because this is where it's going naturally." Night vision uh, glasses. My mother's been watching too much Watchmen. She believes herself to be a vigilante, I guess. <laughs> The last topic for the uh, tech uh, segment for episode 124 is a very interesting one-zero article over on Medium about uh, something old and something new. It is about a documentary called Losing Lena, all about how the sort of like the standard image to use when you are testing um, digital assets is of a uh, 1972 uh, Playboy spread. So now that I'm at home, because I was reading this article at work, I should maybe look up the picture. So the idea behind this uh, new documentary, which you can watch on Facebook Watch, which is their new streaming platform, apparently. That I'm never going to use. Surprise. 
the half hour movie kind of covers the notion of how she is the standard of, uh, of for using to make sure um, if uh, your uh, picture functions work, you know, across a variety of uh, different platforms, right? Yeah, this for some reason this kind of reminded me of how Tom's Diner by Susan Vega is you was used to create the MP3 because uh, the the person who created the MP3 or the I think it was like a German team that was creating the the MP3 they they really liked um, Susan Vega they thought it was a perfect song to test their new technology of compression. And, uh, Similarly, uh, the same thing with Lena, right? The idea of the different colors and uh, the ways the, the the photo had other qualities made it the perfect guinea pig to test, you know, things like compression algorithms. Yeah, and that, that's why it reminded me of, of the whole Tom's Diner story, uh, which uh, if you want, you can look it up on the internet. There's a whole thing about it somewhere. But now the idea of this image has been used, what, for um, 40 years pretty much, right? Yeah, it's it's older than me, isn't it? It very much. I mean, you are born after 72, I would assume? I am born after 1972. Yeah. So um, to quote Deanna Needle, a mathematics professor at UCLA, at the height, it was used in everything from journal papers to textbooks. For a long time, I didn't attend a single conference in image processing where she didn't appear in someone's talk. And now it is still sadly not uncommon. So Alina herself is not too pleased by the idea of her living on in this like kind of weird way with an enclave of, of different people, right? Yeah, I just, it just sort of reeks of like dirty uh, dudes. Uh, working in tech in the early seventies. The thing is, you tell me you, you couldn't tell me that you couldn't find an optimized image that covered a much greater depth of like what you want to test than well, this I, random picture, right? I know, right? Like a picture, but it's because they had a Playboy handy. Uh, no, I know, and I know the understanding. Like this was a a move of opportunity at the time, but forty plus years out, you don't think that we can create an image that is sort of like the Brummer? Like you know when you have your printer test printout. Yeah, or look, just go to your uh, Mac and the the desktop backgrounds. Uh, pick one of those. There's lots. Go of to nice Twitter.com/slash Angela Furon. Grab the avatar. Print it out. Yeah, well, I don't remember what my avatar is on on Twitter. I haven't been. There it's so, you. So it's a picture of you. That's just me. Okay. There are a lot of like really good points to be made here in terms of like um, you know um, women in the workplace being forced to to see this as an example and saying you know don't worry about it, don't worry about it, and you know it's 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 an uncomfortable truth that uh, uh, this picture gets used over and over. I like the idea that uh, the author of the article suggests that uh, there were that there surely were more pictures of uh, Richard Nixon available in 1973 <laughs> that they could use. Exactly, but I mean the thing too with this is that uh, you know uh, there's a ton. Of, yeah, there's a there's a whole sea of other pictures, including Richard Nixon, right? And they would be just as colorful and uh, have the same type of depth of the picture that the Lena picture has without being a nude woman for these uh, dirty old dudes to uh, gawk at. One of the uh, standard quotes to me from this article is, uh, quote, relying too much on a single test image also runs the risk of creating algorithms that work very well on that one test case and less well on others, right? Which makes sense. You always want to use a multitude and a multiplicity of things, not just one single image over and over again, right? Because if you are, you know, training your, um, you know, app, your computer, your phone, your tablet, uh, you know, your Skynet to do whatever it needs to do, offering it more info is always better. Yeah, and uh, something that bothered me uh, in the article was the anecdote of that young girl in a coding class where the teacher had them pull this image and promptly told them not to Google it. And of course, all the boys Googled it. And this young girl in this class full of boys felt very uncomfortable. Right, Maddie Zug, who was a high school junior. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's um, not, not the thing cool. with teenagers is you can't give them fodder. No, of course not. And or else it, they'll graffiti the park behind my parents' house. 
Yeah, look, my, my daughter was in a, uh, she went to a coding event at the high school that she's going to eventually go to. And uh, she was the only girl in the class. And, uh, you know, uh, were it to be the past, perhaps she'd be subjected to using this picture, right? Yeah. Thankfully, some of the conferences uh, don't accept um, uh, research where this image was used, which is, I think, is a step forward, right? Good. Smart. I, I, I think we have to move past this stuff. Like, why, why are dudes still gross? Yes. Why, why are dudes uh, still gross indeed, Angela? And with that, I'm going to head over to the paranormal side of things and I'll see you there, uh, fellow mutant. All right. See you there. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So Angela, it only took us 124 episodes to reach uh, a topic that you and I both uh, mock openly um, and then mock amongst each other too. Um, you know, something that we've wanted to cover, something that we are finally covering here on Double I think Density. we've covered it before though, haven't no, we? Or am not I dreaming in, not, that? Not in depth like this, my friend. You really took a deep dive into? Rods. Rods, my friend. We've joked about this so many times, and now you actually took a deep dive in, in a phenomenon we know exactly what the explanation is. Right. So it's been about a year since the sort of uh, discoverer of Rod's Jose Escamilla had passed. Um, so he passed in the middle of December um, 2018. And I figured, you know, on his one year anniversary, let's give a closer in-depth look at what is perhaps his like most uh, well-known, um, you know, discovery slash phenomenon, right? Yeah. And I will say that when I first saw Rod's, I did find them intriguing. It was also the mid-90s, and I was watching a interesting documentary on the paranormal on the Learning Channel, aka TLC, which later became the non-learning channel. There was a whole series of these types of paranormal shows on there, and I, I couldn't wait to watch them. And you know what? You you had to like find them when they were on because TLC had a weird schedule. You get to crack open that TV guide? Or yeah. If, uh, the free TV times that came with your uh, newspaper? Yep. Anyway, rods seemed intriguing to me at the time, but uh, now I know better. Good, now that you're an adult. Um, so we'll be doing a deep dive into sort of uh, some of the theories behind rods, which I feel you will scoff at. And then uh, I'm going to unpack what they probably are, my friend. I think they're parasites from Sasquatches. Perfect. Sasquatch, um, Sasquatch, big feet, big feet, big, big feet, big feet. So take that, take that theory, right? Fold it up, you know, because I know you have it on a piece of paper and put it in your, your front pocket, your breast pocket. We'll come back to it. All right. So uh, let's quickly go through a cliff notes of uh, what rods are, right? So rods are um, also known as skyfish, air rods, or solar entities, and they are elongated visual artifacts appearing in photographic images and video recordings. They are said to, quote, flit about in the air at such a high speed as to not be seen by the naked eye, unquote. Also, uh, these artifacts appear naturally in video and outdoor photography, and uh, we'll explain uh, what they could be, as I was saying before, and what they are, right? So um, this uh, dates back to the 90s. So the rods, uh, which are also known as the Roswell rods, because um, uh, creator, inventor, um, uh, man of uh, things, uh, Jose Escamilla was out uh, near uh, Roswell in Midway, New Mexico on March 19th, 1994, when he uh, was out shooting on a video camera trying to capture a UFO. And instead, he captured kind of like a weird, um, uh, sort of like centipede-like character, right? It's like they're they're very thin, you know, um, as their namesake suggests, rods. So we start here with a bias of somebody who wanted to find something abnormal and managed to find something. That is correct. So he went out digging. He found something entirely new. Well, I mean, that's industrious of him. Yeah, 
<laughs> I I do uh, agree with you. Angelo, I visited something called cryptids with a Z dot fandom dot com in order to get some theories as to what rods may be. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So air rods might not be made of man or Angelo. Perhaps they're made of electromagnetic fluxes or some other form of energy. And keep in mind, I'm quoting from the website here, right? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just coming up with this on your No, own. no. This is not my treatise on rods. Uh, that is in my forthcoming book, Rods, Everything You Were Afraid to Ask, uh, coming out self-published probably September 2020, let's say. All right. In time for the holidays. To continue, it is possible that an electromagnetic flux of the right sort would affect film, but not be visible to humans. If this is true and air rods are alive, they would be the first living creatures of that sort we have ever discovered. If air rods are made of some sort of electromagnetic flux and are not alive, they should still be studied because they represent a weird phenomenon that science could probably learn a lot from. Science has learned a lot from rods uh, because they're insects. Another suggestion is that air rods are made of some undiscovered fifth phase of matter other than solid gas, lupin, and plasma. If that were true, confirming their existence would be doubly exciting. A totally new life form and a new phase of matter all in one. My, my question is, all this thinking on rods and what they could possibly be, um, did nobody ever bring up the fact that it's probably a bug? Let me continue, Angelo. Okay. The total lack of dead air rod bodies also leads some researchers to consider that they may be made out of something other than conventional matter. If they are made of conventional matter, their bodies must disintegrate into tiny particles at death, or their bodies might not be recognizable as air rods after death. Perhaps no, they just they look like bugs. a loose collection of broken fly wings or other parts that people assume must have broken off from known insects. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're bugs. Hmm. So I'm going to quote from a news story uh, that interviewed Jose Escamilla in uh, 2014 from News 9, and you could find uh, that link to that news story in the show uh, notes. I thought it was from New York Times. No, <laughs> no. Uh, we think it's a living entity of some kind. It does have a uh, behavior of being light, said Escamilla. They're very evasive. They're super fast. So uh, the story goes on. Uh, Escamilla calls this entity a rod measuring one to six feet long with a cylinder body and multiple sets of wings. Quote, we don't know what they're doing here. We don't know how long they've been here, he said. We have rock carvings that appear to show rods on carving drawings from about 50,000 years ago. Do you have pictures of these, these carvings? There's a ton of these. If you visit the show links, Angela, you'll find some. And our friend, optical expert, Bruce McAbee, uh. better known for his uh, analysis of UFO footage, of course, has viewed the films of Escamillas and confirms that the objects are between two and four meters in length, therefore ruling out the possibility of birds or insects. Wow, so... Uh... He's, he is uh, fallible. Correct. Surprise, Angelo. Oh, wow. Let me quote from a 2000, uh, you know, flipping gears, right? You just said insects. You know, okay, could be. Um, from a straight dope uh, Q&A mailbag, right? So um, the straight dope website, of course, says they are insects, perfectly ordinary insects. As you correctly observe, they are a videographic artifact based on the frame capture rate of the video cam versus the wing beat frequency of the insects. Essentially, what you see is several wing beat cycles of the insect on each frame of the video, creating the illusion of a rod with bulges along its length. And this is why we don't capture these anymore, correct? Because of high definition video so, and higher speed cameras? I was going to kind of discuss uh, this in a second, so please hold. Okay, I'll hold. Some of the people promoting rods claim there's something mysterious involved, maybe even extraterrestrial or extra dimensional. I don't think so. You don't think so? Jose no. Escamilla thought so. Well, keep going. Maybe so he, uh, apart from his, you know, uh, a rod's pursuit, he also put out a documentary in 2006 called UFO, the greatest story ever denied, right? So basically <laughs> the beginning title. of the video links rods and his theories of rods and then sort of like links them up to UFOs. And by the way, I watched the hour and 34 minute documentary. Don't no, ask me why. you did that. Absolutely. 
you podcast so hard for this podcast um so he then moves on to government cover-ups we uh we've got steven greer popping up in this um he's taking shots from the infamous may 2001 uh press club disclosure press conference do you remember that where all these people the government officials were demanding answers and we'll get answers in within a few years of that yeah <laughs> exactly um so he links rods to ufos what do you think of this theory angelo um i do not believe this theory so further down the rabbit hole i went my friend the the rod hole you mean (laughs) (laughs) sounds Um, wrong so you can actually uh download or rent the uh press club press conference you can rent it online yeah how much money for that it's 199 to rent and i think three or 499 to buy so i'm going to quote from the uh, zero dollars to find it on youtube uh no uh let me read the description to you because we're 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 diverging here for a sec okay so because i fell into a greer rabbit hole so quote on that historic wednesday may 9th 2001 over 20 military intelligence government corporate and scientific witnesses came forward at the national press club in washington dc to establish the reality of ufos or extraterrestrial vehicles extraterrestrial life forms and the resulting advanced energy along with supporting government documentation and other evidence will establish without any doubt the reality of these phenomena so this is a horribly constructed sentence so you can um also buy a dvd version of this from his shopify page so angelo do you have our show notes open i have our show notes open Okay, so what I want you to do now is um, there is a, the third from the bottom is Serious a link, disclosure. A disclosure. Yes, go ahead and click that. Okay. okay. That's a nice jewel case. It's, it is a jewel case that probably houses a CDR and for $15, my friend, you can buy the two-hour DVD of the 2001 National Press Club uh, press conference. I didn't realize it was that long ago. I thought it was 2004, 2005. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is long ago. And my friend, you think, uh, you think I got done with that? No, I kept going down the rabbit hole. So, of course, I checked out the Serious Disclosure Shopify uh, link. There is a documentary all about Richard Doty. Uh, we don't have any comments about that guy. And then continuing onwards and upwards, um, for the movie Unacknowledged, you can actually download a high-res version of the poster for 10 bucks. Ooh. No, this is this isn't this isn't even the poster my friend it's the poster file for ten dollars for ten dollars american and then you can print it you can definitely print it it's 150 dpi wow um so i fell down a steven rear rabbit hole uh which i spent another half hour into after finishing up this documentary did you enjoy that rabbit hole and uh, no uh, no. Um, so the end of the, the 2006 documentary has lots of talking heads of air, like aerospace talking heads talking about different kinds of like vehicles and things like that. Um, and how, uh, the potential for different kinds of, of aircraft, um, are out there. And then of course, denial from official sources and how this is all just a giant cover up. Maybe the rods were tiny aircraft with tiny aliens in them. You know what? And they like banded together from the, right. the, the Flintstones. Maybe, maybe. You were going to say The Simpsons, weren't you? No, no. I was going to say The Flintstones. It just oh, okay. it sounded like my you, words. You is hard there. to say. The Great Gazoo? Yeah. It is hard to say. Uh, he also put out a sequel documentary all about how he believes that the moon is covered with UFO bases. Oh, great. Uh, no, it's not. All right, Angel, let's get to the truth of the matter, okay? Yeah. Are you comfortable? I'm listening. All right. Rod's appear naturally in video and outdoor photography as the result of an optical illusion due to motion blur, especially in interlaced video recording and are typically after image trails of flying insects in their wing beats. Angelo, do you know what interlaced versus progressive is? I do actually know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, do you want, are you comfortable enough to give an explanation? Not really. I, I mean, I just know it in the context of, for example, I have an older television, which we discussed a few minutes ago. Uh, it is a 720p TV, but it can also do 1080i. Meaning which that, is awful. Yeah, which is 540 lines interlaced. 
Yes, exactly. So interlaced scanning is simply, uh, and I'm grabbing this from film, like filmschool.com, because uh, I thought it was a really good definition. So interlaced scanning is simply displaying alternate sets of lines on the TV, right? Because the idea, as you're saying before, 1080p, right? So the idea is that your resolution is progressive, so it shows an image all at once. Interlaced shows half an image and then half an image for 60th of a second, which creates this weird um, uh, blur of motion when you pause a video, right? So um, it is very, very prevalent for TV, um, things on old CRT monitors and things like that. It's You can see these things very easily. It's like like pausing a videotape is it also um maybe you can explain this to me is it, is it also in old tv news stories when you'd see like computer screens in the background you'd see like a flicker on the screens is that no that just has to do with the the, the light rate? frequency yeah the refresh rate coming off of the computer screen right because now they're much more in sync but they used to not be okay i understand yeah, um, but not entirely different from what's going on here, right? So interlaced video, of course, is displaying images at a 60th of a second, kind of like back and forth, right, um, on the lines, because uh, 1080p means you have uh, 1080 lines going from top to bottom, right, on your screen, progressive all at once. It's kind of like taking a snapshot and then showing it, uh, which is why if you pause uh, a 1080p or any sort of P progressive video, um, it is a clear video in terms of the image, and it doesn't look like it's skipping, because that's the weird thing about interlaced. When you pause it, it kind of looks like it's skipping because it's often caught in between two of the still images, right? Because video is, of course, the illusion of motion. It is. 24 frames per second fools the eye. Wrong. Oh. Video is 29.98, my friend. Right? Really? You gotta remember that. Yes, film's uh, 24. Film is 24. Okay. Sorry. Yes, exactly. Um, interesting you talk about film, though, because in all of my research, I've been unable to find any instances of a moving video, uh, moving film catching these things, right? So um, photography makes sense because of the uh, the time of the flash and the way that the image is captured. Sometimes a creature moves at, at a different rate, right? So that's why you may get multiple flutters of a butterfly or another kind of insect um, very quickly flitting across, you know, your your screen or your, you know, your your lens. Um, and then um, that is what captured in, in still uh, film, but not when film is in motion. So you're saying that there were never any rods captured on in a photograph. So, so uh, photographs, yes, but moving film, okay, right? moving 24 film. frames a second, there doesn't seem to be any instances of rods appearing like that. Maybe they're just using film in the wrong places. <laughs> uh, maybe they are, right? So the idea behind uh, progressive video, right? So progressive video um, is the standard now is what you shoot in. It's much more complete and it's easier. Um, Inlay's video was easier to use back in the day when um, uh, digital um, videos were sort of like coming online, maybe like, you know, um, 20, 30 years ago. And even, you know, a, a video camera, right? It was probably shooting an interlaced, not progressive. Yeah, uh, like super, there, there was not Super 8, it was High 8 or whatever it was called. Right? High, yeah, High 8. And even uh, digital video, like early uh, DVs. Yeah, mini DV tapes and all that stuff. Yeah, if you have a DV tape at home and then you uh, plug it into a, uh, you know, your uh, older TV and then you play it and then you pause it, you'll see sometimes that there's skipping happening between two, two images. Yeah, I had a mini DV camera actually. Yeah, uh, we have progressive video in our pockets, right? iPhones shoot in 1080p. 60 frames per second. They can shoot in 4K as well. So no, exactly. There's that possibility, but uh, yeah. So progressive is the standard now because the uh, cost of equipment has been brought down enough that um, it is commonplace. It's the superior uh, video uh, format, right? Um, it captures one entire image per frame instead of capturing half an image, and then when you play it, it kind of like moves back and forth. This brings up a good point. Did Escamilla ever discuss how the sightings of rods dwindled uh, once? Uh, high definition cameras came into the huge popularity they did once iPhones started carrying them. 
No, he didn't. But the funny thing is, uh, when you bring that up, it is kind of a common occurrence, right? Like the idea, and we've talked about uh, this before, but the idea of how we seem to be capturing less and less UFOs in this digital age, right? It's the same thing with rods. We can tend to be capturing less and less rods because of the fact that um, newer uh, video formats have come online. And uh, kind of like last episode when we were talking about how like crappy digital sound recorders um, uh, gave really interesting results, it's kind of the same thing, right? We've seen an evolution in terms of the tech being used in order to, I don't want to use the word defeat, but curb, I guess, a lot of these sort of like uh, supposedly uh, supernatural phenomena. Yeah, it's funny that we're doing this on the video side this uh, this week compared to looking at the audio side of things. Uh, compression, though, in this case, has nothing to do with it. No, compression, not compression, but the way in which, uh, you know, uh, video is processed, right? So if you grab a consumer-grade video camera from the 90s and the 2000s, you shoot this, higher chance of rods, right? You take your phone out, very no low chance. chance of rods. Yeah. You know, or you take it back to, you know, uh, 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 pre-video, so pure film, right? 40s and 50s, and then we start experimenting the 60s and 70s. Uh, uh, 24 frames a second, um, unless you're taking a still frame out, and sort of like looking at it and seeing wings and sort of like this weird kind of like cylindrical uh, figure um, sort of like living uh, on your, uh, you know, frame. Uh, chances are you're not going to see this. So we can pretty much completely put to rest Roth. Yes. So uh, unfortunately, uh, to all the cryptozoological people out there. I would love to meet a rod believer and sort of walk them through the process of trying to get them to shoot this on their 1080p phone. Brian. There are people Angela? that think the earth is flat. So I'm I sure there's somebody I, dude, out there I know, rods are I, know, I know there are people out there believing that there are rods. I know. I know. Believe me. I, uh, I'm sad. I'm sad about that. Because this is very easily one of the more disprovable kinds of things out there, right? Because it's it's directly tied to a kind of tech uh, time and place in era, right? Which we don't see much anymore. No, no, no. We don't. Uh, I, again, I remember when we when I first saw rods it was in this funny documentary on TLC and they were super excited about them too because they had been shooting a documentary on base jumping and they caught rods during the base jumping documentary as well outdoor photography were, outdoor yeah. film yep never caught or, in the rather inside, I should though. say outdoor video yeah video exactly I, I not think, film film is wrong that's the thing is I think a lot of people um, you know and I'm going to be pedantic a lot of people say film and they really mean like videotape or capture because um, filming has very specific qualities to it um, especially when we're talking about things like rods yeah it's you just made me think of uh, motion smoothing on televisions nowadays uh, uh. I, I was at somebody's house uh, this past weekend and they had it on and uh, it, it makes me feel sick yeah my sister has it and it's disgusting it, it it's just a weird motion to things and I don't understand how people can't see it. I don't either, but I guess you get accustomed to it after a while, right? I guess uh, if I ever buy a new TV, it'll be the first thing to be turned off. So uh, Skyfish, Air Rods, Solar Entities, the Roswell Rods, uh, we're calling this case closed here, I think. Case closed, sir. <laughs> uh, Angelo, uh, I think this is a great place to end episode 124 of the Double Density Podcast. How does that sound to you, my friend? It sounds great because I learned so much, Brian. We're going to be dropping our next episode on Christmas Day if things go right. How does that feel? Weird. Have you, we're recording this in early December. Have you finished your holiday shopping? More or less. We have the kids left to to shop for, but. um, Those are probably the easier ones to do. No, kids hard to buy for. (laughs) Really? No, I don't know. They'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really worried about that. No, not too worried. Uh, Have you told your wife you wanted a wand for Christmas or something? I did not want a wand. My my daughter has a couple of wands, Harry Potter wands. So you're just going to take from her, I guess? Yeah. I, I would ideally 
love some AirPods Pro, but they are very expensive, so I don't think I'll be getting those. That's too bad, Angelo. In the meantime, why don't you visit cryptids.fandom.com, read more about uh, you know Mothman and things like that. Maybe I'll ask for a DVD from uh, Stephen Greer's website. <laughs> the, the $15 US DVD. My friend, it's not I'm, even a good picture of no, the it's jewel not. It's case. awful. It's awful. This is clearly, and uh, let's be honest here, this is a cash grab. I, I'm very curious as to who actually would buy that. You know what? If anyone out there has bought any of the Stephen Greer stuff, <laughs> double underscore density on uh, Twitter, we'd love to talk to you about this. Would we? Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Of course we would. We'd be fascinated by you. We always want to talk to people who have interesting stories to tell, don't we? Yeah. Uh, send us an <laughs> it email. Seems like you're, it seems like you're uh, almost surprised. We'll see if he'll have you on the show. Double density podcast at gmail.com. Quick note my other podcast, The Coda, has officially launched with Rob Christofferson of Our Strange Skies. So the first episode is up there. By the time this podcast comes out, it should have been out for about a week now. So I hope that everyone uh, is out there and enjoying it. And then uh, new episodes bi weekly every Friday. You know, music, news, and uh, we do in depth analysis and things like that. And Angelo was nice enough to listen to the first episode. Uh, so thank you for that. It has my seal of approval. Is, will I expect something in the mail? No, uh, you'll get a little if gold order, star. On if I the order your fifteen dollars CDR, will you send me everything else? Will you send oh, me a sticker? Yeah. That, that's how I expect to receive this podcast by CDR. <laughs> uh, I will send it. I wouldn't have USB a place key. to put that. Really? I don't have any. Oh, you I don't have a drawer. There's, old, there's an old PC in the basement that I could. Put you don't have a drawer? No, but I mean to actually play the CDR. Oh, uh, uh, oh yeah. Well, if it's encoded as a video, can your switch do it? My Switch? My Nintendo yeah. Switch. Yeah. Have you actually seen a Switch? I, I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's no place for CD-ROMs in there. Dig up that old PS2, my friend. Yeah, actually, I have a PS3. No, but I mean, like, if you had a PS2, right? Uh, I guess there's a PS2 somewhere in the house. Perfect. Uh, let us uh, end this before it goes on too long, my friend. This has been episode 124 of the Double Density Podcast. And as always, you can reach us over on Twitter, as I just said, double underscore density, uh, double density podcast at gmail.com. You can head over to double density.net and you can see our pasty white uh, holiday friendly faces. Uh, read uh, uh, what we're all about and catch up on old episodes. And as always, uh, you know, we're coming out every second Wednesday if you want to leave us a review on uh, what is it like Apple Podcasts? Like podcasts.com. <laughs> right, right, of course. How, did, how could I have forgotten that? Yeah. Did you, by the way, uh, did you ever visit mp3.com back in the day? Yeah, but I never found anything on there. No, well, that's on you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, and with that, Angelo, tune in next episode as I shatter another AV, a myth, and uh, make you think hard about things. In Rod, we trust. Baby Yoda, 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 Baby